0: Rasta Jeff, you bad motherfucker. Oh shit, Rasta Jeff in the house. Greetings from Podcastville. This episode of the Grow From Your Heart podcast is brought to you by my friends at seedsherenow.com. Seedsherenow.com offers seeds from all of the industries leading breeders, including TH Seeds, Swamp Boys Genetics, and of course Irie Genetics. Everything at SeedsHereNow.com is backed by an award-winning satisfaction guarantee, and for my friends on a tight budget, SeedsHereNow.com offers several packs for under $30, as well as amazing monthly sales. Make sure to use coupon code GFYH10 while checking out to save a few bucks. Once again, that is coupon code GFYH10, while checking out at SeedsHereNow.com. Yeah, welcome to the show, podcast world. I'm your host, my friends call me Rasta Jeff, and this is episode 683 of the Grow From Your Heart podcast. I've got a great show lined up for you, before we get to the main topic of today's podcast, Let's do a few shout outs to a few of the great folks who continue to support the show on Patreon. Let's kick it off with a big Grow From Your Heart podcast. Thank you, shout out to a longtime supporter, my buddy Zaxon Starker. Listen to big thank you, shout out to a good friend, my buddy Jesse Grows. Listen to big thank you, shout out to ADHD Grower. I want to send a sidekick and a thank you, shout out to Choke Norris. Listen to Big Fist Bump and a thank you, shout out to my buddy Dan. Listen to a special thank you, shout out to the LARF Knight Rises. Listen to big thank you shout out to Sacred Tree Organic Farms then let's wrap it all up with the big Grow From Your Heart podcast thank you shout out to my buddy lemur priest big thanks and big shout out to everybody who continues to support the show on patreon if you are not already supporting the show and you would like to learn how to do so all you have to do is visit www.patreon.com forward slash grow from your heart all of the information you need is right there on the screen and you know i do include a link in the show notes and in the video description to make it nice and easy for all of my friends this, of course, is the part of the podcast where I invite you to join the Discord server. There's an IRE Genetics Grow From Your Heart podcast Discord server, and you are invited. There's a link in the show notes and in the video description, and I hope to see you there. All right, let's not waste too much time with the long intro. I do want to make an update before I get too far on a previous episode. In a previous episode, I was talking about saving money. I gave a bunch of tips and advice on saving money in your grow room, but I forgot one major component that may help you save some money. Let's think about kilowatt hours. Electricity is cheaper at off-peak hours in most areas. I live in a semi-large city. Uh, I know that after peak hours, electricity gets cheaper. So why not run your grow lights at night when the sun goes down when all the business is closed, when most of the people go to bed your grow lights come on that way the light is a little bit cheaper to run it doesn't sound like a big cost cutter but the more lights you're running the more hours you've got them on the more money you will save what goes along with running the lights in the dark time so you've got the dark time is now the daytime so you've got your normal daytime it's dark in your grow space when the sun goes down your lights come on in the grow space now you don't need as much air conditioning because it's not as hot outside so you're helping yourself out in a couple of ways you don't need as many fans you don't need as much air conditioning you don't have as much dehumidification to be done not as much competition with other equipment and natural elements so i completely uh missed it when i said uh let's run the lights at night i forgot that part all right i feel like i'm caught up now i feel like that was really important since the kilowatts are cheaper run them at night why not Then another thing that I should mention, it is becoming winter time. A lot of people are going to choose to pull in cold air from outside to cool off their grow space. That's a good idea, but don't bring in too cold of air. You don't want to introduce icicles into your grow space. That's a great way to cause problems and encourage powdery mildew. So those were two things that I thought I should include in the last episode. Got excited, got carried away, left some shit out, wanted to make sure to get that into this episode. All right, let me give you an update on what has been going on in my world. It feels comfortable to start the show by talking about what's going on. Then we'll work our way casually into the grow lessons. I have been pulling seeds from the buds. That's right. If you've been following along, you know that I did have an outdoor harvest that, in my opinion, was very successful. I gave a huge shout out to the crew that helped me out. So thank you guys once again, guys and gals. Can't forget the lovely females that help us out. Uh, But thank you for that. I've been pulling the seeds from those buds. It took a few days to get the buds nice and dry. Then, of course, I needed to find a moment to dedicate time to getting those seeds out of the buds. I get them super dry in a container. Uh, Then I just crunch them up. I put on rubber gloves and crunch the buds up basically into a dust. Then I run the seeds through the Grow Easy seed sorting machine. It's the Easy Seed or Grow Easy, something like that. They don't pay me to advertise for them. But I've got a seed separating machine that does save me quite a bit of time. Uh, Run the seeds through there. Then immediately after that, they go through a seed counter. So I spent most of the afternoon uh, pulling seeds and running them through the seed counter. The numbers were, in my opinion, quite impressive. Uh, my friends that grew outdoors said that next year it will be double because the plants will be larger, will be more prepared, do more tricks and tips. This year was a test run. I was more than satisfied, really excited. There is some new stuff in those seeds. There is some old stuff in those seeds. Uh, many people have been asking if those were the feminized seeds. No, they are not feminized. They did not do feminized seeds outdoors. Fem seeds are a little bit more work. This was my first run in a greenhouse environment, breeding outdoors. I didn't want to do fem seeds outdoors. That is two uh, obstacles. I wanted to do regular male female seeds with a male plant and a female plant outside. Uh, less, less, uh, less, what's the word? Variables is what I'm looking for. It was more likely for success. So I wanted to learn outdoors with reg seeds. We'll keep the fem seeds indoors. That works. But uh, people were asking if these were the orange gasms and the lemon jefferies and the golden goats. No, unfortunately for you, they were not. Uh, there was. I guess it is time to announce a couple more of the things that were in there. Of course, I made more uh, Strawberry Starburst. I made more of the Sunkiss. I made more Blue Raspberry Truffle. A lot of people are looking for the BRT. It has been sold out. It is being restocked to most of the vendors as we speak. I made more uh, Lady Marmalade. A lot of those also are being sent to the vendors as we speak. If you've been looking for them, check the vendor list on the website. They may have them by now. Also, in this run, I made... Two new things that have been named Saka Souffle and the Machine. They've already been made. I made a bunch more so that we can release them and put these out to the market. Saka Souffle and the Machine are officially made. People have been asking a lot of questions about them. I will do full, complete podcast episodes on Saka Souffle and the Machine closer to the release time. We are working on getting that released. I am working on getting those seeds released. Uh, I made artwork for the packaging. The packaging is being... Uh, I threw together an idea. I've got a real artist that can do real work for the packaging. They're putting real art together for packaging designs for me. Uh, I've got to package the seeds. that's basically what's happening. The art is in the works and the packaging is happening. Then we will plan an official release, an official drop date for Saka Souffle and the machine. And I will tell you all about what those names mean. A lot of my friends, <clears throat> excuse me for that. A lot of my friends already know what Saka Souffle and what the machine means. Uh, if you've been asking, is it this? Yes, you're probably correct. It is everything you're assuming that those strains are named after, Uh, especially when you hear them together, it should make it a little bit more obvious. If you don't know what I'm talking about at this point, we will reveal it. Uh, I'll tell you everything about Saka Souffle and the machine in the future. Again, those are being planned for an official drop. There was more stuff in that uh, that run also that does need to be tested. I made some brand new stuff. Uh, I've got some new crosses in there that I've never bred to. Um, Let's just tease one of them. I pollinated the P-91 clone with an Arise male. Uh, The Arise was the uh, male in the greenhouse, just in case you haven't caught on if you aren't familiar with my crosses. But the Arise King Solomon Arise male was the male in the greenhouse, and he pollinated the P-91 clone. I think I've got a good name for that cross. It's being sent out as testers. Uh, People are getting a lot of stuff as testers. So, uh, I hit the P91 with your rise. That's one of the new things I'll reveal more stuff as time goes on. Since I did mention testers, a lot of people are going to ask how to be a tester. There's a full podcast episode about being a tester. Please listen to that episode. Then reach out if you would like to test for me. Then I want to say this. I've mentioned several strains on this podcast that I made. I have not revealed everything that was made in that greenhouse. If you're getting testers, Don't think that just because I've mentioned something on the show that that's what you've got. You could have tester seeds from the run before. They could be testers from the greenhouse. They could be testers from uh, an indoor run. It could be anything that you're testing. I try to keep the testing a little bit secret. I know what you've got, but you probably don't. Uh, Don't think that just because I'm talking about P91 to Arise that you've got the testers. Maybe you do, maybe you don't. There are about six things out there being tested right now. A lot of people are going to start seeing the testing pop up on the Discord. That's right, advertise the Discord one more time. On the Discord server, there is a uh, seed tester tab. It says I genetics tester or Rasta Jeff's testers. It's real easy. It's real obvious. It's real easy to find. Uh, I'm asking all of my testers to post their test pictures, their stories, their grow reports right there on the discord. It makes it easy for me to find, and it makes it transparent for the consumers. If you're thinking about buying a strain, you can see it from the testing. From all the other people that are growing it, you can see what it's going to be like in their environment, their experience. So if you're interested, check it out on the Discord under the Genetics Tester section. And if you, were- uh, if you haven't jumped on the Discord now and you're a tester, please do jump on the Discord and join the Tester tab. I would appreciate seeing your post there. It's brand new, so I'm patient, but let's get that going. Anyway, let me get myself back on track. Saka Souffle and The Machine are coming up. Uh, P91 to Arise. I think it's got a good name. That's one of the fun parts about uh, making new crosses is naming all the stuff. It's a good time. I think that's all I've got for that part. I did mention uh, the Fem Seeds. People have been asking for Orange Gasm, Lemon Jeffrey, and Golden Goat Femini Seeds. Also, people that are uh, in the know that have been paying attention, people that are in the loop have been asking for the Red Pill and the Blue Pill, which may get renamed. I've been tossing around. I've got new names for them in my mind, but they may just stay red pill and blue pill because it kind of stuck right at this point. Why fucking change it? But, uh, they may have hashtags or sub names or taglines or something with them. Anyway, I'm rambling again. It seems to be the theme of the show, but if you've been asking for those feminized seeds, you will be happy to know that the clones are cut and the plants are growing. They're not very big yet, but be patient. Give me some time. Those clones have been cut. They are happening. Um, they are coming up. Give me, I want to say 150 days. I keep saying 120 to 150 days because that's a good time frame that gives me time to get all the stuff that needs to happen done. Um, also good things come to those who wait. There's no way to rush these plants. They're going to grow at the rate they're going to grow. I'm going to pollinate them when it's time they'll get harvested. They'll get to you. Um, all I can say is be patient. You've been being quite patient for quite a while. So, uh, just keep waiting. They're coming. I promise they're coming. I'm making them. This does segue me into my next note. A few days ago, while I was working in my grow space, I discovered an ugly furry spider. He's scary. He's what nightmares are made of. It could be a he, it could be a she. I guess I just gender assumed it's gender. I apologize to the spider. Uh, And I, it might not even be a spider for all I know. I'm not a scientist or a Scientologist or an arachnidist. Uh, But anyway, there is a creature in my grow that does look a lot like a spider. Uh, and it's ugly and it's creepy and it's furry. Uh, in California, when I was a little kid, we called them Mexican jumping spiders because they would ball up into a little ball and then jump at you. When you looked at them, they'd freak my shit out. Um, I don't know if that's, that I just culturally appropriate that spider. Uh, the future is weird. Anyway, there's a Mexican jumping spider that I have decided. It's a dude. I've named it as a boy. I call it bro and I call it dude when I talk to it. So, uh, blame me if you want. Anyway, I've developed a relationship with this spider and I can't bring myself to kill it. As long as he doesn't fuck with me, I won't fuck with him. Uh, It stays a few feet from me. Wherever I move in the grow, I kind of keep an eye on it, and I'm like, where are you, motherfucker? And every time I move around, so does he. He seems to know where I am. He stays away from me. He doesn't want anything to do with me, just like I don't want anything to do with him. But I don't want to kill it because I haven't seen a fungus gnat in there since that spider popped up. I think he's working security. I think he's doing me some favors. I think he's earning his space. He's paying rent. So I am not killing him. My question to you is, how do you feel about a spider in your grow? It's not a polite looking spider. He's not a cuddly fucking friendly looking spider. Like I said earlier, he is what nightmares are fucking made of. Uh, It's an ugly spider. And sorry, spider, if you hear this, you're fucking ugly, bro. You probably think I'm ugly too. But Uh, How do you guys feel about a spider in your grow? Do you leave a spider in the grow space? I don't know if this spider uh, is harmful to humans. I really don't. I didn't do any research on that. The way that he stayed away from me, I feel like that spider wants nothing to do with me and it knows where I am. When I move a plant over here, it goes that way. It's like, nope. And he's always up near the top of the canopy so I can find him. He likes the light. And I think he's just waiting for the fungus gnats to go up to the light and then come down and then he eats them. Like, I think he's got a good strategy. There haven't been any other bugs in there, and I've been, I usually spray for pests. I spray pesticides once a week. I haven't sprayed because I've seen him in there, and I don't want to kill him. I feel like that's kind of, that's his little playground. I don't know how long he's going to live, how long that spider breed lasts. I don't know. What if it has a bunch of babies, and I have a bunch of fucking spiders in there? What if it's a mama spider, and I'm calling it bro this whole time? Anyway, I've got a spider in the grow, and it seems to be working security because there are no other bugs this particular type of spider doesn't make a lot of webs. He's not a webby spider. I haven't seen any webs or any messes in there. So I'm just curious, Would you? how do you react? How do you respond to a spider in your grow? Uh, a lot of people like a praying mantis. A lot of people like ladybugs, which in my opinion, ladybugs are lazy. If you're going to release ladybugs in your grow, release a more aggressive predator, something that's going to be worth its money, worth its time. Uh, ladybugs die ladybugs die very quickly in the grow space a lot of them end up in your fan and your ductwork work and you got to sweep them up or you step on them and then they make that crunchy poppy noise and you feel like shit about it and they also stink so bad also uh they are a vector for diseases they bring their own problems with them uh, a lot of them are harvested here in the rocky mountain regions and they're sent all over the world so you're taking a rocky mountain uh ladybug species and putting it all over the country, I guess, maybe not the world, but all over the country. And it doesn't want to be there. So it's not going to thrive. It's going to die. Get a more aggressive, more appropriate predator is what I'm trying to say. But, um, how do you feel about the spider? I've been rambling long enough about him. I want to know what you think. Do you kill that spider or do you not? I know all the hippie girls are going, don't kill the spider. It's peaceful in there, but I want to know that's a production area. We want it clean. We want it safe, but also he's paying rent. I think he's eating more bugs. All right. That is a lot of rambling. How long have I been going? Long enough to work my way into the question that I want to present you today. Uh, I've been talking a lot about when is the first day of flip. I always, and I'm going to say it again just because I want to put it out there one more time. Day one of flower is when you change the timer to 1212. That is day one. You decide when day one is. You turn the timer to 1212. Let me me regroup and re-say this again in an indoor grow environment day one of flowering is when you turn the timer to 12 hours on and 12 hours off or something similar it could be 11 13 or something like that but day one is when you change that timer not any other time some people want to wait till they see pistols some people want to do that and then count 10 days after that it's not a fucking math equation day one is the day we change the timer why Why do a math equation? There's no algebra involved here. This is day one. So that being said, um, the next question is, when do I flip? When? When do I flip? How do I know when it is time to flip my plants? How do I know? That's a really, really good question. A lot of knowing when to flip your plants is understanding your goal. Another big part about knowing when to flip your plants is understanding how much your plants are going to stretch understanding the stretch of the flowering phase. Let's talk about that for just a little bit. What do I mean by the stretching phase? When we change that timer to 12-12, we have now told the plant it is flowering time. The end is near. It's an annual plant. It's supposed to live for one year. Normally it would get a spring. It would get a summer. In the late summer, the time, the daylight hours would get shorter. That tells the plant, oh, the winter is near. I better flower. The plant wants to make flowers. The flowers are the parts we are after. We want to smoke the dried flower tops. The plant's main goal is to receive pollen so that it can get pollinated, make seeds, and grow again next year. So when we turn our timer to 12-12 to tell the plant to begin to flower, it starts stretching. That is a natural part of turning to flower. The plants just naturally stretch. Some strains will stretch more than others. That could be a tongue twister if I had one more dab. But research the strains you are growing with. A lot of my strains straight up will double in height which means you need to flower your plants when they are halfway to your maximum height. So let me use a good example. If your grow space is six feet tall, let's say that you've got a six foot tall grow space. You've got to deduct the height of the light. Let's just say that from the floor to your light is six feet. Now we've got six feet of space. Let's keep in mind that we need space between the light and the top of the plant when we finish. So now we've worked ourselves down to five feet, right? That sounds about right in most environments. You can get about a foot. You may want to go 18 inches, two feet from the light, depending on your light, your air conditioning. So allow yourself that space, 18 inches. Let's just stick with 18 inches. Now you've got, uh, we had six feet. You've got four and a half feet of growth space. If your plants are going to, now let's also think you've got a pot that's going to take six or 10 inches off. Let's just say you've got four feet of actual growth space now. I would say veg the plants until they are two feet tall, maybe a little bit taller, then flip them into flower mode. If the plants double in size, they will finish at four feet tall, which leaves you a few inches height for the pot, which leaves you about a foot or 18 inches from your light. So ideally, you would flower when your plants are about halfway to your maximum height. Now, there are variables in here like I did mention, some plants are going to stretch a lot. Some plants won't stretch very much. Depending on your light spectrum, your light intensity, the kind of light you've got, that may uh, contribute or attribute to how much your plants do stretch. If you've got a lot of really good light, they won't stretch as much. If the plants aren't getting the right light, the right light spectrum, the right intensity, the right time period, they may stretch a little bit more. They're getting up there looking for the light. That's why your plants are stretching. So Be prepared for Anticipate a double stretch when you're flowering a plant for the first time. Now there are other things that you need to keep in mind. Maybe you want to spread that plant out a little bit. You're going to run out of uh, vertical space. Let's grow it horizontally. If you've got a plant that's stretching out of control, you can grab it and bend it over and tie it down so it doesn't get as tall. Of course, the branches are going to start growing up around it. It's still going to go up. That's what the plant naturally wants to do. But you can learn how to control it and keep it down so you can veg a little bit longer. You don't have to flower right away that way. Another thing we should think about is topping. When we top the plants, we're allowing it to grow into a nice, even canopy, a nice bush. We took that main top out so those lower branches can catch up. Let all of that stuff fill your canopy. Let all of that stuff fill your grow space, then flip it so that way you can get all those bottom branches all even. That'll get you evened out so you don't have one big bud close to the light. You can get that one big bud and bend it over or you can cut out the top and let the bottoms recover. You can do things to fill that space before you get one bud right up to the top of the light. Now I was talking about bending plants over and breaking shit off. I think that popping and twisting our plants really slow down That vertical stretch. I've done a full episode about popping and twisting. I'll try to put a link to that in the show notes in the video description. You can click right on that one. I'll show you popping and twisting technique that does slow down the vertical growth because the plants are spending their energy repairing that pop and twist. And that will not slow down or damage our buds in any way because at this point, uh, there are no buds. The plants are just shifting their hormones. They're going from, flower, from veg to flower. They're basically going through puberty. They need a couple of weeks for their hormones to adjust. Then they'll start making buds. So at this point, crack them, pop them, twist them, abuse them, get them short, get them the shape you want so that when they start building buds, they're right in the position we need them in. Now, I did just say that it's best to grow those plants up until you've got them halfway and fill your space, but it is not necessary When I run new plants, plants I've never grown before, plants that I don't know what they're going to do, I don't want to waste time, space, and energy, nutrients, water, lights, all of the above, all of that stuff, real estate, space, it's all very expensive, it's all very precious to me, so when I'm running new stuff, I don't run those plants very big at all. I put them in a beer cup or a six-inch net pot, and I honestly veg them until they're about... Uh, maybe six, eight inches tall. Then I flower them, and I don't do anything to them. I don't top them. I don't do any manipulation. I let them grow because I simply want to see what those seeds do. What I made new seeds. What do these plants do? What did I create? Do they grow beautiful plants? Do they grow a bunch of mutants? Is it a bunch of intersex trash? What did I create? Does it grow tall and skinny? Does it grow short and squat? Does it make cool colors? Did I just make a bunch of hemp? Is there a bunch of great trichome content coming out of there? I really want to know what I made. So I just grow little tiny plants. So don't think that you have to grow giant plants, but you can grow them about halfway. Flip when you are ready. Again, I really like to run new plants really small the first time. I see people throwing away plants that are like three and four feet tall, and they're like, turns out it was a male. And I'm like, why did it ever get that big? You could have... Flowered it when it was this big, and then put it back into veg. And for you guys that are listening, this big was the size of a GI Joe. What is that? Four inches tall, three and three quarters. So you could have flowered it when it was that big. It'll show you sex. Put it right back in veg. Then keep going. If it's a male, toss it. Don't waste your time. So when I'm running small stuff, I really do prefer tiny pots, tiny plants, because there's no need to run big old shit. Then what I do is, um, let's say that I've got a commercial environment and I can run a lot of plants. I would put a tray of plants underneath one light, like fill a four by four, a five by five section with just a tray of small plants. That so way can water the tray, uh, just put a pump that waters the tray every day, two times a day. So I don't even have to go there very often. Uh, the commercial grows, I just pop in once a week and make sure shit's running, get my grow report, take my pictures and get out of there. It's a good way to do a pheno hunt, a test run, uh, just a little sample run to see what you got going on. So um, let me recap here because I did get quite rambly. A really easy way to determine when to flip your plants is when they are approximately half the height of your maximum grow space. You do have to keep in mind that you've got a pot underneath them, going to raise them up 10 to 12, maybe 14 inches, depending on the size of your pot and the height of your pot. Then you do have to consider the height between or the distance between your light and the top of your canopy. Depending on what kind of light you're using, you will need more space. In some of my grow environments, I've got the old school ducted lights. It's got Uh, It's an HPS light with glass and a duct on it and a blower so that the heat from that light never makes it to my canopy. My plants can get quite close to that. At a commercial grow in Colorado Springs, we're using Gavitas. Can't get very close to the Gavitas because the plants will sizzle and burn. You're not supposed to burn them until you dry and cure them. Uh, You got to stay at least like 16, 18 inches away from those Gavitas. 12 inches is fucking scary. The plants start looking like shit. Uh, then some of the LEDs, depending on the intensity, the spectrum, you can get really close or really far away with some of the LEDs, depending on what you're fucking with. So, um, in that case, uh, keeping the plants, the distance, uh, from the light, I would definitely recommend most of those lights are going to come with a recommendation from the manufacturer, follow that, but go too high, put the plant. Most of you are limited on ceiling height, go as high as you can turn the light to about 50%. And see how the plants react. You can go closer and more intense. It's better for the plants to show you, I want more light, than for the plants to say, hey, I've had too much light, watch this. The reaction from less light is way easier to fix than the reaction from too much light. Now, I've got one more detail that I should add. Being a very experienced grower who's done this for a long time, let me say that you are expecting eight, maybe nine weeks until harvest. Give yourself an extra week or two. Allow room and height for an extra week or two of growth that you're not expecting. These plants need to grow longer than you're going to allow them. They're not done yet. When you think they're done, they're not done. Every new grower wants to cut down early. Give yourself the extra time. Give yourself the extra height. If you allow the extra height, you eliminate the excuse of they are too tall. I need to cut them early. Allow them to finish. Plan ahead for that extra height. It's super frustrating late in a grow when you're trying to figure out how to bend these branches over and lower shit because you've only got 10 more days, but everything's growing into the light. You're trying to figure out, am I going to turn down the light? Do I, turn, do I tip the light? Do I turn the light fucking sideways? Do I bend this fucking branch over? What do I do? It's always such a frustrating 10 days if you don't prepare for that last bit of growth. So set yourself up for success. Give yourself plenty of space between the top of your plant and your light. Plan ahead. Probably flip about half of your space, I usually grow my plants to about I'm six foot five. Uh, I usually grow my plants about knee high and then I flower them in a three gallon pot, they get about they get topped once, grow till they're about knee high. Uh, then I flower them, they finish out about maybe my uh, just below my chest area, low chest area. Um, that's just about perfect for an indoor garden. All right, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, pimps, hoes, friends, foes, smokers, growers, clone cutters, pollen chuckers. All of you beautiful cannabis enthusiasts out there, I want to thank you once again for listening to another episode of the Grow From Your Heart podcast. When I say episode 683, it makes me feel weird and great inside. Uh, It's amazing to think you guys have stuck around for 683 episodes. I hope we do 683 more together. Big thanks. All of the words of encouragement, all of the compliments keep me going. I will reconsider reading some of the YouTube comments. You guys did kind of encourage me, uh, to read those YouTube comments. Here's the deal. Uh, outnumber the trolls, fill my inbox, fill my comment section up with positive words of encouragement, great feedback. Uh, just totally wash out the trolls and I'll go read them. That's, that's the deal I'll make with you. If you guys, uh, boost me up, fill it up with love and positivity. I make it to where uh, I can't even see all the troll comments. Then I'll go check. And something else I should mention a lot of the troll comments don't even make it to the public. I have to review them, so only I get to read all the abusive shit. I get to decline it and tell YouTube, don't post that abusive shit. So a lot of them have to go through me for review before you even get to see it. Anyway, you guys sent me a lot of great messages saying, bro, just read the comments because we love you. We want to support you. Thank you. Fill those comments up. I will read them. Just outnumber those silly trolls. Anyway, let's wrap up this show before I dig that hole any deeper. Uh, if you have any questions, corrections, comments, or concerns, you know that I would love to hear from you. The email address is, of course, growfromyourheart at hotmail.com. Don't be shy. Please do reach out. Also, don't forget about the Discord server. There's a great thing happening on the Discord server. It ends around Halloween. Uh, it is a trick-or-treat thing. I can't say anymore. Please do check out the Discord for more details and information. There is a link to the discord and the show notes and the video description, but to make it nice and easy, just go to my website, irigenetics.com. All of the links you need are right there. There are vendor links, the discord link, the newsletter link. It is all right there. Check it out at irigenetics.com. All right. My throat is telling me It's time to wrap up the show. So I'm going to say good night for now. I'll be back in a couple of days with fresh new content. Let's give a giant shout out to my buddy made while medicated, And until next time, take a fat dab and give your mom a hug for me.